Woman, period, is a collection of stories and musings from women for women. Together, we explore the taboo, the sacred, the ancient, and the scientific, all within the realms of sovereign womanhood. Woman, period, recognizes and celebrates the wise woman archetype within us all. So grab a cup of tea, take a seat in our circle, and together we'll remember what it means to be woman. As always, thank you for keeping an open mind and heart during our conversations here. Feel free to take with you whatever resonates and leave behind whatever doesn't. Please keep in mind this is a collection of stories, theoretical and archetypal anecdotes about the mystical and mysterious nature of womanhood. We are not intending to give any sort of professional, medical, or therapeutic advice and nothing we say should be thought of as such. Hi friends, it's your host, Zuri Snow. Today I'm chatting with my soul sister and radical birthkeeping business partner, Samantha Smith. You'll be hearing her a lot on this podcast. You can think of her as sort of a co-host. We work really closely together. You'll be hearing a lot of her. I'm sure you'll love her as much as I do. Our conversation today is part one of a two-part series on rites of passage. This episode is a more generalized conversation on rites of passage through the lens of the modern world. Episode two will be all about natural undisturbed birth as a rite of passage, of course for the mother, but also for the father as witness and protector. That episode is really beautiful. We've already recorded it, so stay tuned and definitely drop into that one with us. But today, we discuss what a rite of passage even is, why it's so important, and how we can apply these ancestral initiations into our modern world. We touch on personal healing, soul transformation, parenthood, adolescence, and manhood, all within the context of initiation and rites of passages. We also dissect the consequences of the lack of intentional initiation in this modern world and what we can do about it. This conversation invokes the idea of transformation and growth through challenging times. What does it look like when we really show up for transformation as we walk through rites of passages within our lives? And how can we apply that wisdom to the approach we take as parents and leaders in our communities? Can you imagine a world full of people who have been initiated into different stages of life through practical yet sacred ritual and ceremony? We'd see a world full of confident, resilient, and community-oriented people who are capable of doing hard things and come out stronger and more loving because of it. I had so much fun with this conversation. You'll be able to tell by the tone of our voices that we're really passionate about this topic, and it'll probably come up a lot through different threads in the tapestry of woman period as this project manifests so thank you all so much for your support and for tuning in to this first ever episode it means the world to me so with that let's dive right in (music) 
Okay, so welcome, Samantha. I'm so excited for this conversation because I feel like this is going to be a continual thread and theme in what we're creating here on this podcast and so many of our conversations that really root into this um, to this theme of rites of passages and initiations. So I think for our listeners who are kind of new into this world and who have never... Um, you know, dove into like what actually is an initiation and what's rites of passage. Let's go ahead and and dissect that a little bit. So, mm. what is a rite of passage? Ooh. I mean, I think there's so many angles we could come at this from. From my own personal experiences, it's the moments in my life where I felt like I was being invited to turn inward and to really level up in my, my human experience. So for me, it's those invitations to um, think about my role in society, in my role in my community, in my role, who I want to show up as, and what it means to show up in my authenticity. Um, to me, those are the rites of passage, if I were to really boil it down. But... I think if we want to zoom out a little bit from the personal experience experience and look at the more macro landscape, there's a cultural perspective of what these things are, an ancestral perspective of what these things are, um, the personal, the familial. There's so many angles we could come at that from. Um, I'm curious what that means to you. Yeah, totally. So I think when most people think of rite of passage, they're thinking of this type of like indigenous Mm -hmm. ceremonial event that can involve, you know, pain or it can involve like, I think a really common one is like boys going into the woods with the men and doing like painful body carvings or like some other type of initiation. Hunting Hunting. a bear or... Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) eating a raw heart from an animal. Like these kinds of things that um, mark, you know, that are very ceremonial and then mark their passageway into manhood um and you know they've had it for girls and women as well and um I think that I love what we were talking about before we started recording which is that in our modern world just because we don't have these types of you know ceremonial events as such or rituals we still have rites of passage you know rite of passage looks like a crossing a threshold Mm -hmm. into a new chapter of life. So moving out of your parents' house for the first time can Mm -hmm. be a rite of passage. For women, getting your first bleed, your first Mm -hmm. menstruation is a rite of passage. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, for men, it should be, right. (laughs) Well, it should be treated as such. And that's where the, the distinction is, you know, the conversation then goes into like, you know, the issue in our, in our Western world is not the lack of rites of passage because being in a human body with a human experience, we're inherently going to be experiencing rite of passage, Mm -hmm. you know, several times throughout our lives through these major thresholds. Mm -hmm. Um, but the conversation then becomes, how can we bring the sacred back into these rites of passage and honor them as initiation and, and accept the invitation into transformation um, and how can we do that culturally in our modern world so it's yeah. not always about like returning to the ancient ways but it's about like remembering ancient wisdom and then weaving it into our 
modern world. So yes. I guess that could lead into the question or topic of, you know, what are some of the consequences of the lack of you know, maybe not the lack of rites of passage, but the lack of awareness and yes. intention yes. around rites of passage in our Western world at this time in general. Yeah. Mm. There's so much goodness in everything that you just said, so I'm just going to simmer in that for a second. And I want to revisit the point that you made around it's not for a lack of these um, invitations in our lives, right? Like, like you mentioned, inherently... The human experience is designed <laughs> divinely to challenge us and to expand us and um, encourage our, our growth. Um, I think culturally we're at a place now where we're moving so fast and we're so wrapped up in um, this culture of capitalism that we've lost perspective of the sacredness of the journey of human being right of being human right like we've lost the perspective maybe of how sacred these major life transitions and events are and in that we've lost the opportunity to really leverage the the value of them the gold that's in there for us to to mine to pick up and take with us into the next phase of life. If we're so quick to think about what's next, what's next, what's next, um, then we very quickly lose the integrity of where we're at right now. And I found that to be a major life lesson for me myself, right? Like um, thinking about what always thinking about what's the next big thing that I'm going to quote unquote accomplish, right? Like um, mm. societally, we can think of things like marriage, having children, getting that first job, like starting your career, graduating college. All of these things are, are, are wonderful and beautiful things, but if we're not appreciating them for the opportunity, opportunities that they are, if we're just treating them like a to-do list, then we're miss, kind of missing the point, right? And so in my experience, when, when, you're, when, I, when I personally was living that way and what I've observed in many of my friends and peers is that when you're living in that way of like kind of that checklist mentality, that very hyper-masculine get, get it done mentality of your life path, <laughs> Um, you're missing out on the beauty of what it like what it feels like to really go deep into those experiences you're just only ever able to scratch the surface mm. um, and I love the analogy that you were mentioning before we started recording which was about um, you know when, when working with plant medicine for example right and some of the initiatory invitations at each stage of working with the medicine right there's the intention setting and the preparation there's the actual ceremony itself and then there's the integration period and I think that if we take that same philosophy and that same reverence that we hold for those ceremonies and we apply it to all of the other invitations in our life um, for expansion which we're calling rites of passage that you know that can really be a way that we can return that integrity back to these um, these events 
these life events that we're that we're gifted with that we want to kind of rush through yeah I really love that it makes me think of like you know we could argue like birth would be the first rite of passage for a human being entering Mm. the world and then um you know maybe like becoming man or woman or like the ending of adolescence Mm. could be Mm -hmm. another early major Yeah. yeah puberty and if we apply rites of passage to that or we think about like the the culture that we've created as a society that prioritizes like um you know high test scores and being Mm -hmm. polite or being a good girl Mm -hmm. or good boy or you know whatever it is and applying that to be being like um the example or pinnacle of like what a good woman or good man would be and then you know rather than talking about like what are we offering to the world? Like, what are we stepping into? Mm. What is our contribution to our community, to our society? What does it mean to be a good person? So, so what's came, what came up for me when you were talking through that was, um, I, I like to kind of think about what this looked like in antiquity and then how we can bring it forward. I like how you always, you always talk about remembering, right? But we can't just go back in time and... I don't think the goal should be to go back to how it was, right? Because there were a lot of things um, that could have been better with how things used to be too, right? And it's like, just not possible with, with, with our current technology, technology and absolutely. infrastructure and no, of course not. And so the goal isn't, I think a lot of times, especially in some of the circles that we are part of, the, the intention with even like with homesteading, for example, right? The intention is well, let's just return to our roots. Let's go back to how it was in the early 1900s. Back to the it's ways. Like, yeah. it's like, yeah, that's beautiful. And we want to remember those skills and we want to remember the reverence that was had over, you know, canning or growing our own food or living with living in harmony with the land, right? Like those are such beautiful ideals and we, we want to hold those. But how can we bring those forward and make them relevant um, and make them practical um, and add this other layer of like the beautiful things that we now have in the 21st century. Mm -hmm. Um, So when you're talking about even like, you know, Menarche, for example, when a woman experiences her first bleed, like in ancient times, that was so very revered, right? If you think about the red tent and the, the, the ritual of the bleeding women coming together in circle in the red tent and having ceremony and sitting together and having that um, deep introspective community talk, like discussions and then bringing that Mm -hmm. wisdom out of the tent back into the community, right? Like we don't have space for that in the world that we've created for ourselves today. Like there is no reverence around your first period. I mean, if I remember like, my first period, I got it on my 13th birthday <laughs> at the airport of all oh, places. Wow. And um, I was with my mom and sister. We were traveling for the summer. And um, we, went into the, we went into the bathroom at the airport. And I was like, oh, my God, Mom, it's happening. And, you know, prior to that, there had never been a lot of discussion around, like, what this means. Like, you're becoming a woman. And this is an invitation to, you know expand yourself and to think about like what does it mean to bleed what is your body doing what are your hormones doing Mm -hmm. how are you feeling like and how and then also if we think about the archetype of 
our menstrual phase of of going inward and the the crone of introspection right like what does that what does that would I put that lens on it that filter on it where do I go where does that take me um, no one ever talks about any of that we don't even teach girls like basic like physiology let alone like the the spiritual and emotional right. components of of these changes and these inherent rites of passages that are biologically built into us yeah. right um and so like what would it look like to take the essence of the red tent the ends the essence of honoring the menarch and bring that into 2022 like what would that look like what could that feel like like those are the things that I want to be thinking about and want to be shifting the paradigm around for not only myself but my community and hopefully you know yeah. the collective um that's kind of where that takes me and so I think you can do that too for like any of these and um, ancestral rites of passage even if we look at men you know going out into the wilderness on these like solo retreat like retreats to mm-hmm. accomplish some grand goal and bring back a, t- a token yeah. of that that shows okay I'm a man now right because men don't bleed right but they do have like they do still deeply in their biology crave that that journey mm-hmm. that um well, their initiation into manhood again. Yeah. It's like they're, you know, that that type, some type of ritual or some type of acknowledgement from society that they are no longer a boy, and now they have, you know, expectations to provide and you know produce something for society, like con- yes. to contribute to society. And yes. so, I think a big piece of this is like. Like now we witness in this world, especially in our generation, and this is not to victim blame anyone. This is like a cultural systemic kind mm-hmm. of issue. But mm-hmm. we see a lot of people in our generation are like holding on to their adolescence way into their adult years. Yes. And we see this culture of like coddling our children and coddling our teens mm-hmm. and, and teaching this type of this um, philosophy of like, avoiding hard things mm-hmm. or compartmentalizing rather like than these rites of passage ceremonies or even just acknowledgments and teachings of like no like you can do hard things you can do painful things and you can receive growth and transformation through those things and it's beautiful and wonderful and sacred so yeah the things that i hold the dearest in my life are the things that have been the hardest for me in my life like yeah, like my own near death experience. Most people, when I share that story with them, they sh- they're like, "Oh my god, that's terrible!" Like, how I you're so strong. Look how you, look how much you've done with that. Like you've transmuted that into something so beautiful. And I'm like, yeah, and you can do that too mm-hmm. with anything in your life. Like it doesn't have to be a near death experience. It could be, you know, a confrontation that you have with a stranger at the grocery store that yeah. you can take and transmute that and use that mm-hmm. as a rite of passage. Like, there's so many things. And Starting your own business. Yeah. There's one Joey and I talk about because we often talk about, like, how do we want to include rites of passage and initiation for our children mm-hmm. as we raise them. And one thing we decided upon is, like, when our kids are, like, 12, 13, they each have to spend a year starting their own business. And they have, they can choose whatever it is, but they can't give up on it. That's beautiful. You know, and, like, and then, of course, like, having monarchy ritual and celebration around my daughter and, mm-hmm. like, my son going on his first 
hunt or yeah. like killing his first buck or yeah. whatever it might be or you know or medicine journey or pilgrimage medicine or, journey pilgrimage yeah, whatever yeah, like just is. including these things and like not coddling like not coddling each other so yeah. much and not coddling ourselves so much like yes self-love of course but like let's not avoid hard things let's lean into them and and like receive that and surrender into them and receive the transformation from them rather than like brushing them off yeah. as nothing you know yeah there's two things that came up for me in what you were sharing the first thing around like these invitations not being as accessible with people holding on to their adolescence with what you were saying uh, what really deeply resonates with me there is how I perceive men in our society to be um be to being how they're being treated and how they're showing up right like I know many most of the men in my life who are in their 50s and 60s are still showing up in that adolescent prepubescent energy yeah. and it's to me it's there's it's because we've so deeply removed men in our culture from their emotions and from their like mental and emotional and spiritual health um and again i don't this isn't to blame anyone i think that this is a deeply deeply societally rooted in our capitalistic paradigm that we've built where you aren't valuable unless you're producing something yeah. and the lack of family and, values and the and lack of the yeah, individual like the individualism mindset yeah absolutely and so i when i think about that as women we're fortunate that we have these physiological changes that happen at different stages of our lives that are markers of these thresholds mm-hmm. um that is such a beautiful thing to me and it makes to me it does make this um these invitations more accessible to women totally. in that we have these physical changes in our bodies there's no denying that when we get our first period we change yeah we change fundamentally whether we are deeply aware of those changes or not we change mm-hmm. and physiologically the, yes and the same thing when we become pregnant and the same thing when we birth and the same thing when we go through menopause and so we have these clearly defined before and afters that we can point to and i would i would go as far as to say that any woman regardless of their level of awareness can look back at those milestones in their lives and if they sit with it enough find find the message find the find the, the invitation find the transformation the way that they've changed yeah but men physiologically as far as i'm aware don't have the same clear mile markers mm-hmm. right for where they are in their lives and so it makes sense to me that with all of this cultural conditioning and noise that we've put on top of everything of course men are going to stay stunted where they were at 10, 11, 12. And I don't think that the, that 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 is a coincidence that that's where most men again talking from my personal experience get stuck. But those things aren't tangible and those things are like really nuanced and like difficult to get at unless you really are doing the work and they're not held i think that they're not back to like they're not held like and i think too like if you look back into like traditional indigenous ceremony rites of passage like for women 
uh, and this is again speaking really generally because like obviously so many different cultures have different rites and rituals but generally speaking a lot of a lot of cultures didn't have a big event as a rite of passage for women because their bodies Mm -hmm. were the event Mm -hmm. because we had our first period or we experienced, you know, giving birth and mm-hmm. being pregnant, and we created and held a container around that to hold it as the initiation and to hold it as the transformation. Versus with men and boys, there was, you know, more big events and mm-hmm. rituals mm-hmm. held to honor yeah. those those walks and those transformations. Being invited to join the other men on the hunt, or yeah. being invited to join the other men on the ceremony or ritual yeah right? and I think it boils down to like feeling like for the men and for the boys like feeling a sense of belonging mm-hmm. and a feeling a sense of like being a part of the manhood and mm-hmm. a part of the community mm-hmm. and like almost like being in on their secrets you know yeah like it's connection. almost like we've taken the essence of that and turned it into like bro culture <laughs> which is like right. the not the not nice the shadow side of that right, right? like the shadow side of masculinity which is this like bro culture or like fraternity culture if you want to go there um but fraternity feeling like they're a part of something versus also like in 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 becoming a man and in the rites of passage around stepping into manhood you had to earn it Mm -hmm. you had to go through something painful and difficult and you had to earn your your space as a man and then when you earn it there's this sense of pride and belonging and And respect and and reverence yeah for for the, what you've accomplished. Yeah. yeah. And this sense of purpose. I think really this deep sense of purpose. Like mm. this purposeful essence of what it means to be a man. What what it means to show up as a man in your community. For your community. Yes. And I think that's really boiled down what's lacking. Is like this sense of purpose and respect from others and from yourself. So mm. rather than like, you know, I think that we really need a big cultural shift to honor this you know, in our boys and in our men. And I guess, yeah, like this could bring us into the conversation of like, what does this look like in our modern world? How can we, how can we weave this in with what we're looking for? Yeah. Cause obviously we need some major system reformation or collapse, yeah. <laughs> collapsing, but like, which is happening. <laughs> totally, totally. But like on a practical level, what can people do right now to start to honor some of this? And like where that brings like what comes to mind for me, like as a mother who has children that I'm parenting every day is like, is, is, you know, like how we raise our kids and, and including some of, some of these initiations in our own way for our children, like I was discussing before. And then I think another beautiful thing is like, like women gathering in women's circles, men gathering in men's circles. circles. I know there's some beautiful men, like the sacred sons and different groups who are doing beautiful things of, of like recreating these types of initiations Mm -hmm. for men Mm -hmm. to be held. And, and oftentimes, you know, like doing inner work around their inner child boys becoming men. And I think that's so beautiful. And, um, yeah. Do you have anything? Yeah. So it came up for me there. So, Firstly, um, I think that, you know, we did, we, t- we talked a lot about the male experience in this, but I want to revisit for a second the, fem- the, fe- the female experience. Yes, we have these clear physiological mile markers, if you will, but we culturally are still, um, we are not 
holding those with the reverence with which they need to be held in Mm -hmm. order for them to be these initiatory events, Mm -hmm. right? So, like, I was kind of sharing about my story, like, of my first monarch. Like, if instead of that being the conditions of my first monarch and, like, uh, the initiation being around, like, how to use a tampon, like, what if instead this was, there was a ceremony and a celebration of this? And, like, what if after that first bleed... I was treated as a woman and with respect and reverence and, like, invited into my um, maiden and goddess, like, like, spaces and invited into new spaces and what would that look like? And I think it doesn't, like, just to make it really accessible, like, it doesn't have to be this, like, woo-woo no. thing. No, yeah. Like, you can literally, like, gather, like, okay, your daughter starts her period. Gather all of her best girlfriends together. Have a spa day at home. Talk about, give you know, simple, accessible talk about, like, what it means to be a woman, like, how the, mm-hmm. how, how the menstruation cycle and how cyclical living is such a gift that yeah. we have when we can harness it. Like, let's all paint our toenails red and <laughs> yes. eat, some red velvet, eat some red velvet cake. Yes. And, you know, like, and make it fun and light and, and cele- celebratory. And that inherently brings the sacred into it. Like, you know, for women, I think bringing the sacred back into it is oftentimes like bringing the embodiment, bringing the mm-hmm. pleasure, bringing mm-hmm. the joy back into our embodied experiences. And I think for women, it starts with body literacy to me. I agree. To me, with women, because our rites of passage are so inherently physiological, I think that it starts with body literacy, with understanding our anatomy and our physiology and our hormones. Yeah. And you know, I think that there's different levels of palatability to that, right? right. Like, not everyone needs to be an endocrinologist. Right. That's that's okay. Yeah, but, but everyone everyone with a female body should know about the four phases yeah, of the cycle. Every, yeah. And the, and the energetic and physical shifts mm-hmm. that happen during each phase and, yeah. how, and how to apply that to the way that we live our life. The cyclical living, right? Yeah. Which is like the the... If you... For me, when I, when I was fully able to understand like integrate that knowing into my body everything started to make sense and I feel like that was the critical first step that was skipped and how beautiful would it have been I'd like to imagine a world where our daughters in their you know late like right before puberty are sitting down and, and learning to understand the values of cyclical living and I think that that can come from different places it doesn't have to be like in the education system per se, mm-hmm. it all it, it really comes from seeing how our mothers lived and walked and Absolutely. moved in the world. Like I, I imagine what it would have been like to have a mom who when she was bleeding, the whole household supported and honored that and and, and like cared for her and allowed her to take that rest and take that yeah. take that time away out of the family unit and to retreat into her her sacred space and really get introspective and then bring that beautiful wealth of knowledge and reflection back into our home, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be at the tribal level. Right. Like that might have been what was happening at the tribal level in antiquity, but now it can be in the home. Yeah. And it can be and I would love if it was in the community, Mm -hmm. right? Like, oh, all the moms are bleeding. Like, they're going off on their little little retreat space or whatever it is, right? Right. You don't have to go spend the night somewhere, but you get it. Like, 
wouldn't that be cool? If- yeah, well, even just an accessible way, like, in my household, my kids know when I'm when I'm on my period, and when I'm getting close to my period, they know, and we kind of build this environment of, you know, my partner, he knows that at least for the first 24 hours of my mm-hmm. bleed, he's doing all the cooking and cleaning, yeah, yeah. and me and the kids are having a movie yeah. day, and I barely get yeah. up. As it, sh- as it should be. I don't want my children to think, I don't want children in general to think that oh mommy is weak right now like she it's it's a it's that a different power becomes the priority right Mm -hmm. it's not the physical expression and exertion and the doing it becomes the introspection you're still doing a ton Mm -hmm. when you're when you're in your menstrual phase I mean at least I am it just doesn't if you look at from the outside it looks like I'm laying on the couch for three days but if you knew what was going on in my head and the amount of downloads I was getting and the amount of intuitive and what's going on information that was coming through for me yeah yeah totally totally like on a physiological level you're laying there but your body's working really hard really hard it's a huge exertion Mm -hmm. um and so that, again, that always, I think it's everything's going to bring me back to body literacy when it comes to the women's rite of passages, because if we understood what our bodies were doing during each phase of our cycle, we would have a new level of respect and reverence for the seeing rest as productive, mm-hmm. seeing introspection as productive, um, reflection is productive. Mm-hmm. Just like in, you know, in medicine ceremonies, um, when we have that period of integration afterwards, the goal is not to skip that part and go, like, in two more weeks, come back for more, yeah. right? The goal is to sit and reflect and allow it to integrate into your body. That's how I see men- the menstrual phase. Mm-hmm. It's a period of reflection and integration um, so that you can know what you're clearing yeah. physically and emotionally and mentally to then enter this new follicular phase, which is the new phase of, of inviting in life. Yeah. First, I just want to like kind of close this segment of the conversation by inviting, like if you're listening to this and you feel like this lack of rite of passage or lack of initiation transformation in your life, like you can create that for yourself. Like, yes, we can create it for our children and whatnot, but we can also create it for ourselves and our community. Like I think a big one for adults is experiencing like solitude in a healthy way. I think an example, like here's a mainstream example of rite of passage is eat, pray, love, Mm, right? Like travel, travel. And that's not always super accessible, accessible, but like do what you can do. If it's like a weekend in the woods by yourself without your phone, like Mm -hmm. nowadays, not even a weekend. So my, my partner, he does these regular, he calls them his, he says, I'm going on a soul sabbatical, babe. And it's literally like a, one day he leaves the house in the morning he goes out into nature no phone no nothing and he comes back that night Mm -hmm. like before dinner you know so it's like and those are his pilgrimages you know and it doesn't have to be anything that costs money it doesn't have to be anything that has other people witnessing you although I do think that that is a beautiful powerful powerful component but it doesn't have to be if you don't have that system in place if you don't have those people in your life who are going to cheer you on through your soul sabbatical for the day and who understand what you're trying to accomplish. Right. So yeah, the accessibility piece is important, but it's also really important to do something that really pushes your comfort Mm -hmm. levels. Like you don't want to do something that feels super comfy and easy for you. You want to do something that like 
you feel like your soul will expand, but it kind of scares the shit out of you, too. 100%. You know? Yeah. Like, that's where the real transformation happens. So just, oh, we got thunder in the background here. So, <laughs> yeah, so just really sitting with that and, and, you know, deciding or coming up with some type of ritual you can weave into your own life. And then if you want a witness, like a close friend or someone you really trust to hold that space. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it goes, there's so many different opportunities there. You can go sit with a plant medicine, some type of entheogenic, you know, ceremonial substance, or like we said, a pilgrimage into nature or a travel or starting your own business, taking mm-hmm. that leap. Like there's so many different things and really Find the showing thing. up for it. Finding the thing that feels edgy to you yeah. and doing that thing. Yeah, like, totally. What is the thing that feels edgy to you and go do that thing? And in your and, body. Like, get out of your head, get into your body, mm-hmm. feel into, like, what feels edgy, but also you feel that pull. It's like, for me, like, I can feel the pull coming almost out of my, like, heart or solar mm-hmm. plexus. Mm-hmm. And, like, in my head, it scares the shit out of me. But if I feel into my body, it's like, oh, I feel that thing really pulling me towards it. It's definitely the solar plexus for me. It's like this, like, it's almost like a cord. Yeah. It's like a cord to my solar plexus, and I'm like, not that way. And it's like I'm on a leash, and I'm like, no. And then I'm like, okay. And, like, you surrender to it. And I think that's part of the – I think that's part of the formula for a rite of passage as well, too, right, is is the surrender. Totally. To the experience. Um. Ooh, this kind of has me wanting to think, too, about a couple of more, like, practical, modern ways to create these for yourself. I mean, yeah, you can think about anybody who has done a lot of work with plant medicine or done a lot of work with um, physical exertion. So, like, somebody who... um, I mean, athletes, right? Like, that's a good example of, like, people who are saying, I'm going to see how far I can push my body and what the limits are. Yeah. And allow that. Because anytime we're physically transforming our body, we're inherently, like, addressing the mental and emotional, too. The mental and emotional, too. Because mental fortitude is required to move your body towards that goal. And I think there's examples, like, examples that show up in our culture already are, like, men who, like, or teens who, like, go work on a fishing boat for a year or even, like, join the Marines or the Army. The military is a good version. A good, I mean, for what, I mean, take it or leave it. Right. It is an initiatory experience. Of course. And, of course, we see, like, the, you know, like, we're not going to go down the rabbit hole of, like, PTSD and, the, mm-hmm. like, the problematic, like, the, the lack of integration and support. That, integration and support. Yeah, yeah. that um, that our veterans receive. But we also see that when a man has had one of these initiatory experiences, they're usually, like, much more mature and, like, really stepping into the strength of their manhood mm-hmm. than the the ones who stayed at home playing video games being coddled by their parents and that's that's a harsh way to say it but like really it's like come on (laughs) it makes me laugh but it's so true um I think you know and I and and I would even go as far as to say that I think that that is this the essence and the spirit or maybe the intention behind these structures like the military or you know any type of 
structure like that. Um, but it doesn't. It's not it's the not, ideal. It's it's supposed to be the warrior training of right. of the past, right? Where you're like, you know, if you think about the Romans, right? Where they 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 took their men and like to remove them from the women, removed them from society, put them in these pressure cookers of intense physical and mental exertion and created these incredible warriors and then right. they come back to society. And I don't know if I I I, I, try, I would I would think that if I was living in Rome as a woman that the men would be a little much for me too. <laughs> so maybe it's maybe it is the same, but 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 you know, thinking about um, these things in that way is really interesting to me. Like, okay, this is what maybe the idea was behind this, and right. this is where we kind of missed the mark. So, like, on execution. Yeah. So, like, an alternative or an ideal that feels really good to me, like, in raising a son, is when he's in his like early teen years or when he's like becoming a man. And this is something that will happen, like, probably often or semi-often like it's not like a one-time thing but like I imagine bringing back community and bringing back the strong father figure Mm -hmm. I think our like lack of family values in this society has created a lot of the or has part uh been a participant in a lot of the issues that we're seeing absolutely but I think that you know like a, a boy or a young man being taken on a camping trip with his father and his uncles and having facilitated conversations about what does it mean to be a man and like how do you like what does manhood mean to you like asking the boy that and like just having these conversations it makes me emotional imagine oh it makes me too because I think about the men in my life whose fathers couldn't even probably said like less than 10 words to them right like never said I love you never said I love you never ever asked how are you feeling or what's going on in your mental space like where you know like none of that like everything has been was always kept so superficial and so like are you good yeah I'm good okay good yeah like (laughs) yeah so I think the easiest thing we can do is to show up for our children and create rites of passage for them and to show up for our own inner child mm-hmm. and to reparent ourselves yeah. in that way. And so, lead by example. Yeah. Right? Like, be embodied. Embody it yourself. And that's what will be witnessed by your friends, your loved ones, your children. Mm-hmm. If I'm honoring these, these transitory events in my life, others will see that, see that and be inspired hopefully um to to do that for themselves you know and that's how that's what I bring into everything that I do is like I'm not here to tell you what to do or to teach you what to do or to tell like tell you how to do this for yourself I'm just gonna do it for myself and you see that and hopefully that inspires you and you take that and you turn it into what works for you right because like you know there's gonna be the rare, beautiful people who feel the calling to hold these big rituals for their communities and for their the children and for the world. But most of us, we can really do a lot of work just by showing up for our families and mm-hmm. for ourselves. And that's for ourselves. all we need to do. A big thank you to Samantha Smith for 
sharing her wisdom and time and energy for this epic conversation. Thank you so much to our listeners for supporting the earliest, newest baby episode of Woman Period. I'm so excited to see what this podcast turns into as we flow along. I'm working on getting a beautiful intro and outro music made for me by my friend. And be sure to tune in for episode two, which is part two of this conversation. We'll be diving into undisturbed birth as a rite of passage for the mother, for the father. It's going to be epic. Feel free to check out the show notes if you want more information on myself and Samantha and the juicy offerings that we have. If you're local to the Atlanta area, we do offer um, semi-regular women's circles, village prenatal circles, and more. Thanks again for tuning in, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Bye.